Hey guys, this is Bob Parker with another episode of Tell Me Why I Should Care. And just for our viewers, we decided not to have a sponsor today because we don't want to upset Mark and his um, corporate media giant parent and uh, friends who may not like our sponsor, even though our sponsor is awesome and allows you to stay and hang out in your backyard. Today our guest is Mark Bunting, the VP GM of our local NBC affiliate WSFA. And we're here to ask Mark today for him to tell us why I should care about local news versus maybe national news, which is better, what does it matter, why should I even care? guys maybe recognize my voice if you come into dreamland before hear me running my mouth talking to miss pam talking to whoever's in there because i'll talk to anybody but you're surely going to recognize this voice this is the genius that comes and gives us the editorial on some friday afternoons and uh mark we'd like to welcome you to the show and of course as always our fearless producer caleb hawk hey how's it going Hello there. Hey, Bob. It's uh, great to be here. And uh, sorry about the, uh, the whole sponsor thing. That was your call. Not no, mine. no. I, I expected <laughs> I, it nothing was, less. It was actually, yeah, it's actually my call. I was just trying to, you know, I don't know how things go. Um, I just wanted to keep everybody safe. Well, I it, I would consider it being sponsored by Dreamland, uh, some of the best barbecue I have ever eaten Always. anywhere. And Always. I originally told Caleb, I said, if there's anything that I really wanted to talk about, it was food. And you've seen me, so you know that um, I certainly partake in uh, in the culinary delights. So, uh, so, so that's something that is near and dear to my heart. But yeah, so yeah, you're 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 a good loyal customer of ours. We, uh, you know, now that you guys have move downtown a historic move and now nobody really cares i mean it's almost like <laughs> all the big news over the past I, I went back and looked at some of my emails and my calendar at some of the stuff from a month ago and it seemed it seemed so just important and huge and here we go coming up into april the things we have to deal with and now it's like who cares it doesn't matter it, who knows what's going to happen next well, nobody does. I surely don't. Nobody knows. And the, the, uh, to me, the uncertainty is, you know, how long is this going to last? And, you know, everybody's got their opinion. Um, I, I'd love for it to end by the end of April, but I think I'm, uh, I, I think I'm being entirely too optimistic to, to believe that that would happen. But, you know, time will tell. So. Well, as a viewer of your station, <laughs> and I know that on the first podcast I referenced the WSFA app, which is the premier app for news in the river region i would i would again remind our listeners that if you don't have it get it because it's up to date it's constant it's a friendly reminder it's i would say that it's not an obnoxious reminder because most of the stuff that you guys put out is great content and um and i will say that that. that's just for our local listeners too because uh bob I, i don't know if you noticed this but i was looking at some of the stats you got a couple listeners in peru and then um, uh, a couple overseas as well. Yeah, I'm big in Peru. I was born in <laughs> Japan. Born in Japan, but big in Peru. That's uh, 
Who, that's typical uh, who for knew, who my knew? genre. Yeah, it's, who knew? it's interesting that um, if you look at the popularity of those apps, and our weather app is, is a little stronger than the news app, uh, every time I go and speak to groups, I always ask if anybody has the app. And when I ask if the, the weather app, if they have it, I, I would say 90% of the people in the room typically will put their hands up, which is pretty impressive. When you look at the total number of video views that we received, uh, the night, uh, which was the 12th leading up to the storm that we had this past weekend, we had 155,000 video views. And compared to every other station in our company, we beat everybody times two. Uh, that just goes to show you the power of this television station. And I think when people actually leave the market, they take it with them and they follow it because we can track and we know that people all over the country are watching us. So it's uh, it's impressive. But when you talk about it, uh, what you receive in terms of updates uh, on the app, we really do go out of our way to make sure we're not bombarding you with nonsensical stuff. I mean, it's usually breaking news and it's stuff that would matter to, uh, to the individuals. Yeah, shout out to... Uh josh johnson and all them as well because they're keeping it real and he knows more small town names than i think i've ever met anyone i've ever met in my life it's, he does uh, and if you remarkable. watch him on that map i mean even if it's not named there he can point right there and tell you exactly the town probably even the street name so uh we're fortunate we have uh you know the baron's weather service uh that allows us to be a lot more uh, pin, have pinpoint accuracy exactly right down to street names and, and probably even, you know, corners and intersections and whatnot. Um, and, and Bob, you, you talked about it's like, why, why would it matter to watch local news versus uh, national news? Well, you know, national news, obviously, there's some importance uh, when they're talking about the nation as a whole. But when it comes to local news, there were no local networks providing uh, information leading up to the storms that we had this weekend or the tornado we had the weekend or two weekends before. Uh, we're here in town providing information that affects those that watch our station. And so that's truly the difference. Well, I will tell you that the nice thing also about our local news is it's not, obviously there's a political um, underlining to most things especially in election year but it is so refreshing to be able to watch the news and and hear stories that are not so slanted one way or the other you know you got one hand you got trump only wanting to have good news and on the other hand you only want bad news on the side of the mainstream media and the democrats so it's nice to be able to to sit back and and listen to some news even if it's not great news and i will say this i was reading today that the what this coronavirus has done is it's going to start localizing even not just your region your state but even down to the neighborhood level because of the way that we're starting to receive information from Nextdoor app or facebook that not only is it going to be a city state region locality but man it's getting down to the neighborhood and the street where you live and i will say this too i don't have any intention or any hope of probably ever having a meeting with Donald Trump or with anybody in the mainstream media or the big political place. But it's nice to be able to know the folks around here that they give the local news like you, like Caleb said, like Josh 
and uh, Judd and all the great folks that we see on TV every day. That, hey, I see these guys. They're at the grocery store. They come into Dreamland when we were open, which is one tomorrow is one month since we closed. So, but we, we rely on you guys to tell us what's going on. Well, and, and you, you mentioned all the names. I mean, I am blessed to, uh, to be able to work at a television station with the crew that we have. I mean, we have a lot of what I call lifers, and lifers is somebody who's been there more than five years uh, that's been on the air that has a, um, a relationship with the community. It's uh, interesting to note that ever since this pandemic started and we've all been you know, uh, locked in the houses and, and required to stay at home more, uh, the increase in viewership, it is through the roof. And we're looking at, you know, some people would say, oh, the television industry is dying. Well, yeah, there have been erosions in numbers, there's no question, but locally in this town in WSFA, um, it, is, it is so unlike any other market in the country where people genuinely appreciate the television station, they trust the television station, and uh, um, to see these increases, I mean, this, we're seeing numbers that we would have seen probably 10 or 15 years ago. So um, people know that we are one source that they can go to. And, and trust is the word that I use. And I think it's important to point out when you're comparing us to possibly the, the cable net news networks or even the, uh, the major networks uh, it, that are out there that there is a slant at times in stories. I mean, let's be honest, you know, Fox News leans to the right. You got CNN and you've got uh, MSNBC, uh, and then some of the network news uh, that might lean more to the left. Network news, not as much. It may be on stories that relate to the president. And, and if you watch, you can watch uh, the evening news and compare all three. And, it's interesting how the same terminology is used across uh, across all of the networks. Uh, only I've only seen it really when it, when they're talking about uh, how the president is is operating, and you know, the president doesn't help his case when he just sits there and just berates people on a regular basis. But you know, he would say, "Well, they're bothering me, so I'm going to then in turn do the same to them." It's, I just wish that would stop. I just wish he would stop talking and just do his job and we'd probably be better off. But, um, but in terms of trust, so if anytime these networks are presenting something that is then proven to be not factual, you're losing trust and credibility. We really don't ever have that problem. I mean, we really work extremely hard. Gray, the company that owns us now, it's a mandate that we present the news as it is, fact-based only. Now, that's not to say that you won't occasionally have somebody maybe offer an opinion, and it's sometimes they're talking on the air and they don't really um, realize they're saying what they're saying and they let their personal opinions be known, but we address that right away, and it doesn't happen a lot. Um, now, now how, how do you get away with your editorials? Because, and you, you do have one, I look back at the list of them, doing my... my um, my research, guys, I spent hours and hours, <laughs> hours well, thinking about I should do some research before I talk to Mark. So what I do, just if you don't know, I procrastinate. And so about mm -hmm. 30 minutes before I, we got on this call, I thought, you know, I need to do something. So five minutes before we got on the call, I started <laughs> writing notes down. But my, my procrastination is, is, is uh, I'm good at it. So my question is, 
you mentioned that the president should stop talking because that was one of your editorials and i've heard that from a lot of other what i would call friends of mine that may be you know conservatives or you know tend to vote republican that say gosh i just wish he would stop talking now i i'm the exact opposite i love the back and forth. See, I love the videos he showed two days ago of the press and politicians and him saying things. What did you, give me your opinion of, of that kind of a ploy where, you know what, guys, I'm just going to show y'all what y'all been saying because well, obviously you don't remember. It, it, exactly. And so from that standpoint, I actually uh, thought it was a good approach because he wasn't talking. He was referring to them talking. And so therefore, he was showing them what he's been trying to say, uh, and not art articulate enough, but uh, trying to say to them, it's like, look, this is what you've been saying over and over and over, and you weren't right. And so I'm just wanted to point that out. Um, you know, I, there is, diplomacy is an art, and he, he lacks in, in diplomacy. And, you know, you ask a lot of people, why do you hate him? Well, they just think he's a mean, obnoxious son of a gun, right? Well, if he, if he kept his mouth shut, he probably wouldn't have that problem. Um, or or he would, people wouldn't necessarily think that bad about him. But he would also say that, you know, I said everything that I've said all along, I've never stopped, and it got me elected. It got me to become the President of the United States. So why would I stop now? And I just think that's his mindset. But you asked the question yeah. is, how is it that I, I was able to say what I said on, on, uh, during the, my editorials? Well, when we were owned by Raycom, uh, it was a prerequisite that General Managers Station did two editorials a week. I'm telling you, that, that was, I honestly <laughs> considered not accepting the job just because I never wanted to be on television. And I tried having an editorial board that would give me ideas of subjects to talk about. And when they provided them, I just wasn't as engaged. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to write them all. There's going to be from my heart. I'm going to tell you what I think. And I did just that. When they were introduced, it was always editorial by Mark P. Bunting. And at the end, it's this is the opinion of me. Mm -hmm. So that's how you get away with it. When, when you list it as an editorial, and then at the tail end, it's uh, these opinions that are expressed are those of Mark Bunting, and if you'd like to comment, then go ahead and send him an email, and I will tell you, I got some very interesting emails. And I actually, on some, on some responses, I would take what they said about me and, and, and share them. And uh, it's, uh, you know, my favorite one, Mark Bunting, you are an idiot. That was all they, they wrote to me. <laughs> So it's like sometimes I'll say that to you too, but it's yeah, about other stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and again, you know, you can, I, I, it is what it is. Now I don't necessarily like people calling me names and I always respond in a very nice <laughs> manner. And I would always say, in spite of the fact that we have differences, I believe that this world would be extremely boring if we agreed on everything we talked about. So it's okay to disagree. And if you disagree, just be nice about it. And, you know, then I always invite him on a tour of the station. Only one person has ever taken me up on that offer. So, well, and now I, they can't I, tour the station. No, so, hey. no, no, they cannot. So, but I'm <laughs> well, still, I'm still offering. <laughs> I like your editorials, and I, 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 I've got a couple I'd like for you to, to tell me how important they are today. This is hilarious. So, only during absolute times of 
economic boom, economic um, gain, lots of leisure time, people have money in the account, can things like plastic straws become <laughs> a big deal? So I, I was looking back at November 27th, you had brought up the fact that, look, that's the last straw. I'm tired of us talking about it. So I wonder how big of a deal plastic straws are today. But I will say this, that uh, I was reading in a food uh, ed- uh, publication that sustainability is out the window. That the only thing that matters for the, at least in for foreseeable future is food safety. And that things like styrofoam versus paper to-go boxes, which, you know, yeah, it'd be great. Everything should be recyclable, recycled. We should be able to, you know, put things in the landfill that will disintegrate. But those things right now are not going to matter. And um, you're not going to hear a lot about that. And even one of your other editorials was about AOC. And I don't think that her, I just don't think that people really care right now what she has to say. It's amazing the filter that we've all put up to tune things out now where as before AOC would just absolutely drive people crazy. And I, honestly, Democrat, Republican, liberal not, she still says things that are pretty insane. But Well, she does. What do you s- but if you've noticed, um, I, the media has kind of taken a step back on, on how they cover her. It used to be every day you saw something about her. And I have no problem expressing or stating what I said is AOC stood for absolutely out of control and not uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I just felt when she started, um, I thought it would be best as a as a freshman congresswoman that she sit back, kind of digest it all, kind of get a feel for the land, and then go ahead. And she didn't do that. She went in feet first, head first, and... Uh, you know, the new Green Deal, there was the amount of money that we were going to spend on that was just absurd because there was no thought. It was, they were all grand ideas, but I don't think any of them really would have ever worked. And I think they would have been more detrimental to to the economy than, than being beneficial. And I know her goal is to help everybody. Well, you know... <laughs> I, 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 you know, we could go on and on and on about how we can help. There are people that need help, and I'm all for providing financial support for those who genuinely need it. What I want to make sure is we do as a, as a government and as a country is that we avoid waste and abuse of the money that's being provided from the taxpayers' coffers. And that, that has always been my argument. It's like there are people that need it, but there's so much waste. And in fact, Obamacare, if I remember correctly, part of how we were to pay for that was there was supposedly $700 million of uh, welfare abuse that happened every single year. And they were going to somehow figure that out and use that $700 million to go towards helping people with health care. Well, they never did. They just went ahead and passed the law and then people were still abusing it. So I, that's where I have a problem. Well, all right. So another editorial you did recently which was, you know, local hero, I mean, guys, the guy that turned downtown Montgomery into a absolute magnet destination for civil rights tourism. You know, I, I, 
is it attractions? Are they museums? But regardless, this guy had changed for the last 18 months downtown. So I, I think back about last Thursday was our 11-year anniversary at Dreamland. And I think, okay, 2009, first full year 2010, what our sales were, what we were doing in revenue, the customer base being probably 80% local, 20% tourism, visitors, travelers, and I also thought, okay, what's happened in the last two years, and really since we've moved locations uh, from the alley to where we are now, and then EGI just recently built another um, facility adjacent to us. So I'm, I'm thinking, man, 2020 is going to be better than 19. 21 is going to be better. The movie just came out. Um, Brian Stevenson's movie just came out, Just Mercy. And all of a sudden, the rug gets pulled out from underneath us. We've got another hotel under construction. John Tampa will have four when that one's completed. And I just think, where are we headed as a city? So you obviously have probably higher level meetings than I do. Caleb and I is about as high a level as I get. But <laughs> I, I know that you talk to people. So what are you hearing? You know, what are you hearing from the powers that be about the future of Montgomery, well, EJI. What what do you see for the future for that? Well, I, you know, and I'll be honest with you. In the last in the last month, I've spoken to no one because it's very difficult to get anybody to. Uh, you know, they're 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 handling their situations, and it's such an odd and unique situation that we're all in. But prior to um, this pandemic. You know, like you said, I, I honestly thought that 2020 was just going to be, and it was headed in that direction to be a phenomenal year. To know that Brian Stevenson's efforts uh, with the museum and the memorial and now his new facility, uh, we have over 800,000 people who have come into the city for no other reason than to go and visit those things. I did hear that. Um, Brian Stevenson was very excited with the idea that we were building that water park um, on the other part of town in that, you know, when you go to Brian's offerings, I mean, it's a sobering experience. I am a huge, and I did an, an editorial right when they opened up, or no, when they announced that they were having the memorial, and at that time it was referred to as the lynching museum, and people were in uproar, and, you know, I have visited Dachau in Germany. I've been to the uh, the Holocaust Museum in D.C. and I've been, I think, four times now to the memorial here. And I'm just a believer that you need to have these kind of places to remind us of what horrible, horrible things happen, and and remind the younger folks in our community that this did happen, and we got to make sure it never happens again. So, I don't think the desire to learn about that and and see what uh, uh, EJI has to offer is going to go away. Uh, I don't think it'll be immediate, I think, but our people will definitely come back. And I think there will always be a desire to come to Montgomery to see those things. Now, how we capitalize on that is, is important. And, you know, you had mentioned uh, the hotels that have been built downtown, you know, I, Bob, I don't even know if you know, but uh, my wife's born and raised in Montgomery. I got married here. Um, I stayed at the Sheraton Hotel, which is now the Biscuit Stadium for my honeymoon. You you wouldn't go downtown uh, when I got married in 1985 for anything uh, other than 
<laughs> to, to go to a hotel and then quickly leave. And to know how it has transformed over the years, and especially in the last five years, um, I really think that this town, and the fact that we've got the F-35, which is uh, uh, really going to start to kick in in the next couple of years, that's a catalyst for us that maybe some of these other communities around the country don't have. So I still think our future is bright. Um, I think we're going to probably have a, a little struggle getting back on our feet. Um, but once we get over that hump, and I, I think second quarter is going to be abysmal. Third quarter will be not great. Fourth quarter we'll see some uptick. And here's hoping uh, 21 is going to be the 20 that we expected. You know, I, I have felt pretty positive about about most of this. I, I had a sense of dread today. I'll just the way I I'll be honest, the way I felt. I was downtown yesterday. Beautiful day, walking around. Went to Prevail, got some coffee. Saw some friends, talked to some folks, and it felt pretty good. A little crisp, crisp air, but not, you know, just a nice day. Today, though, I was at the store, and we did a little bit of food for a group. But I just started having this sense of dread, like, okay, what's it going to look like for downtown restaurants in the rest of this year when there's no tourism? Because I'll be honest, at least 60% of my business now in the dining room is going to be people that are driving down the interstates headed to the beach people that are stopping here for business whether it's military whether it's state government county city federal government whether it's eji that this has always been a place dreamland is a place you take people and we're not near neighborhoods which means i'm not doing a lot of takeout which we decided not to because of that but i'm thinking okay where am i going to end up when this when this ends as far as ends meaning that okay we can go back outside we can go talk to people we can go eat in a restaurant and i was thinking okay am i going to go back to 2010 numbers and i started thinking okay is it going to be 2012 numbers or am i going to end up at 2017 and wherever you land on that timeline there's some pretty harsh changes that are going to happen for my business for zaza for wenzel's for the other restaurants that are downtown. But, you know, it's just interesting what you just said because the way I've seen downtown grow from 09 to right now, it has been, every year it's just been unbelievable. It's been sales growth, we've hired more great people, more customers, more travelers, New York, Chicago, LA, England. And now you just wonder how long could this take and where could we land when they finally say, hey guys, y'all can go back out and eat at a restaurant again. So. You know, it's good having you here today. Kind of give us a, a you know, because you got a, you got, you're a, look, you're in the RSA Tower. You got a 20,000 foot view, even just by sitting in your office. You know, I'm down there with on the street level. So, what are they telling well, y'all as far as the, the media stuff? Uh, in terms of, well, here's, well, I mean, just as far as revenue and growth and sales, oh, I mean, y'all obviously are a business too. Sure. Well, and, you know, we were, First quarter was a good a good quarter for us, and as I said, once we started getting into the end of uh, the first quarter, we could see where second was going to be horrific. You know, as I said, it's going to be ugly all the way through probably the end of June. I think July through the end of uh, third quarter is going to be soft. It's not going to be pretty, and then there'll be a slight rebound. And 
But you make a very valid point. It's like, I, I don't rely on tourism, you do. And so uh, your sector of, of, of the commerce is definitely going to be more affected than mine, except for the fact that I'm relying on businesses to be open who have all benefited from the commerce that you're expecting to come in. So, um, you know, here's the thing from a um, starting this week, we're, we're going to start a campaign where we've got uh, local mayors talking about supporting your local businesses. Um, I don't see us stopping that even when they open the doors uh, because local businesses are what drive our whole economy. And if we don't support them and we don't go and start visiting them once the gates are open, then, uh, then it, it will probably not be a pretty sight. But I think people are so hungry. I say that because you're in the restaurant business, but hungry just to get out and do things. I think people will be tentative initially. But, you know, if, if we all take the right approach and, and still practice social distancing, I think you're going to see people wearing masks for a long time, which is perfectly fine. Hell, you go to any one of these airports, I mean, there are tons of people who do it and have been doing it for years. And maybe that's what we do for the next couple of months, just to kind of be on the safe side. Um, we all understand that we got to wash our hands all the time. Um, we're kind of getting re-educated on how we act socially. And so hopefully that will be to the benefit of getting out and starting the economy. Well, I'll say this. So I have a, I have a fear that because it is a presidential election year that the mainstream national media will not want there to be good news. Now, you may say, Bob, that's crazy. Nobody wants anything bad for the country. I, I would beg to differ that there are some folks that would love to see things not get better if that meant their political guy won, if they're candidate one but so for me today to kind of tie this in a nice little bow and why it matters to me to have folks like you on is to say look the guy that's giving me my news locally the guy that is standing up at least once a week giving an editorial giving his opinion is the guy that comes and dines in my restaurant he's got to look me in the eyes and, and say bob i'm doing the best i can i'm being honest in what i believe and what i'm telling our folks to say and we have integrity in the sense that we want what's best for you because what's best for you is what's best for us. Right. And I have a sense that you guys are going to become even more. Your viewership is, I've heard that the millennial generation and even the Zoomers are starting to tune into TV more than ever. And I believe it because I have a sense that I'm going to want not only good news to make myself feel better, but I'm going to be even more localized because I want to hear the, the truth and the news from someone that's got to look me in the eyes and hopefully shake my hand again and, and soon at least fist bump me and say, hey, man, we're in this together. We're going to give you the news, good or bad, but we're going to give it to you in a way that's truthful and honest because at the end of the day, your success, my success, we are, we are locked in step together in the sense that if, if I fail, ultimately there's going to be less people getting out having fun and less support for them and, I, and let me say this too that they've already predicted that we're going to lose 15 to 20 percent of the restaurants in the in the country mm. and just like everybody's like gosh i hope it's the chains i hope we don't I hope we lose x chain not x local place I, I look at it the same way i could do less national media in my appetite than i can local and local is going to matter even more and we do 
you know, give me a final word on that. But we do appreciate your station because, like I said in my first podcast, this is where I get my local news, and I don't really have the weather app, but uh, y'all's news app is amazing. And so kind of give us a tie-in to why we should stay tuned locally and why it matters. Well, you said it. So you, I, I frequent your business. You know me personally. Um, I, I, anybody knows that if they have a problem with anything that they see or hear on our station, they got a direct line to me, which, which I will certainly listen to anything they say. Uh, when it comes to presenting the news, our news director, Scott Duff, and his entire news crew, these are good people who literally, their sole purpose in existence is to make sure that we do the best job we can do every day. You know, we've won a, a number of awards over the last couple of years, and I've always said when accepting these awards, I said, we, we know we're number one in the market, but we never take that for granted. And the reason why we're number one is that we have a history over the last 65 years of always presenting news as it is, facts, the facts, you know, and then sometimes if there's a news story that we get from the network, uh, we might air that straight just because it came from the network. And what I've encouraged that we do to my news team is, you know, if, if it seems to be slanted in one direction, then offer the other side so that the viewer can ultimately make the decision as to how they want to see that. Don't don't give them ideas how they should see it. They should be able to see it and make a decision on their own. So you're right. Um, we do see younger viewers starting to watch television, and this certainly isn't hurting uh, the fact that <laughs> they have nothing else to do, uh, right. and it, which is a wonderful thing, and I think it's actually a good thing for our industry. Um, but the other thing I will mention, not only do I frequent your restaurant, but so do the people that you see on TV, TV every day. And you know a number of our on-air talent and what you see is what you get. These are good people. They love what they do and they love WSFA and they love Montgomery. And uh, uh, they want to make and I'll, sure. And I'll say, yeah, I'll say too, a um, little background about me. I worked at WSFA for close to 10 years. I left when Mark got there because he really got on my nerves. But no, uh, but uh, one thing started. you'll notice, <laughs> one thing you'll notice. Actually, you probably got that, fired. <laughs> close, almost, almost. I got out right before them. Now, uh, one thing you'll notice about the people that work at WSFA is they're proud to work at WSFA. Uh, and, you know, I would say that's probably the case uh, with several local uh, news affiliates, uh, you, you know, you grow up watching a station and you go and work there, you're going to be proud to work there. And that's, uh, I think that's what makes the people at WSFA so valuable and that team so strong. But to know that we have been a, a the market leader for the entire 65 years that we have been on the air. Um, you know, we did talk about us moving to downtown. Um, and, and you know, there are a lot of employees that I, I'm so happy for them because the facility that we're in now is it's like the Taj Mahal. The bad thing is, is only 40 percent of the staff is actually working there now. Uh, everybody else <laughs> is, is working remotely. And that's the other thing. These the people that are working at WSFA right now are making so many sacrifices to get on the air what everybody sees. And, uh, you know, working from home, working odd hours, working in strange situations and the social distancing when reporting and all of this, it, it really is. It's it's a strain on, on the individual. It's a strain on one's psyche. But somehow they just, they continue to do it and they do it in an exceptional manner. Well, it's been um, 
I think you've done a good job. You had some big shoes to fill from our buddy Colin Gaston, who's now the general manager of WBRC in Birmingham. But um, let me ask you this uh, before we go. The facility you guys were in, is that going to be transitioned to a nonprofit? Is that, I've heard that before. Yes, that is Tell correct. Tell us a little bit about that. So um, we, we did a lot of soul searching, and, and bottom line is uh, – I wanted to make sure, and so did the company, we want to make sure it, it went into the hands of good people. And so the Friendship Mission, uh, which is a homeless shelter, uh, will be uh, taking over the facility. Uh, everything is kind of on hold till we get through uh, this the situation that we're in. Uh, interestingly enough, there's everything, for the most part, everything that was in the building when we were there is still there, and it's all for them. And we are having a little yard sale uh, for employees. There are some items that people have talked about. So any money that's generated from that, we will also donate it to the Friendship Mission. Hmm. In that's a, really cool. In addition to, we once we get out of this, we're going to have uh, probably a telethon for them as well. Uh, it is a wonderful organization, and sadly there is a huge need for their services and the building uh, that they're currently in right now, um, it, it's in need of repair, and so our building, very sturdy building with a good coat of paint and, and some, uh, some effort. Uh, we're, we're putting together some plans to kind of update the building. Um, when I say we, they are. Um, and and we're, we've, we're committed to helping them uh, get to the point where they can open their doors and help serve people. Is that the organization led by Tara Davis? That is correct. Who is okay. a delightful yeah, lady, lady and their board is wonderful as well. Okay. Well, I think you've given us some good things to think about, also some good reasons on why we should care about local news. Uh, obviously, we trust you. We trust WSFA. It's been a 64-year tradition in the city, and uh, I kind of feel like you're almost talking about the University of Alabama football team when you guys say you've dominated the whole time. And as an Auburn fan, that does kind of that does kind of bother me a little bit because I thought about that Im immediately. Yeah, but, but you're, you're talking to two people who really appreciate what you just said. So. Yeah, yeah, real yeah, time. I'm sure, I'm sure y'all do. So I guess you're the you're the Nick Saban of uh, news in Montgomery. Yeah, that, I'm sure. Oh, you just I'll, made his head so big. I'll take that. It makes I'll take me that. throw up. Mm -hmm. Well, look, guys, we've loved having you on today. And for our viewers, we appreciate you tuning in all the way from – Peru look to look to gather some uh, some maybe some listeners from Japan, my hometown of Okinawa. Hey, uh, I, I, I just love how you referred to podcast listeners as viewers. So yeah, well, I appreciate that. Can, can I make one more comment? <laughs> yeah, all right. And, and and Bob, it's about you. Um, I don't know if people really are aware as to what you do in our community with regards to helping nonprofits. And I mean, you really are a very generous individual. Uh, you never say no, and don't think for a moment that we don't appreciate it, because I'm aware of many instances where you do that, and so uh, I just think people need to know that you are a, a very kind and generous uh, man, and it is greatly appreciated. Well, I will take that lying down, and um, I think that's a good way to end the show before I say anything else to ruin that sentiment, but I do appreciate that, Mark. And it's always... You know, it is it is it is something to, to when you have a a business like Dreamland that to me I look at it it's a it's a sixty two year old company and I look at it as kind of an obligation to kind of nurture that reputation that it has in the state and it's a it's a big responsibility and I think we've been very fortunate as a company 
to be able to do a lot and help folks. And uh, it, it sure is a lot of fun when you see a smile on somebody's face, whether they're buying the food or, or you're donating it to them. It's, a, it's been a privilege. And, and, and saying that, we are looking forward to reopening for catering and some takeout the the week of the maybe the 20th so stay tuned on facebook if you're if you're a facebook pl- uh, person please follow us on facebook if you're listening on spotify share with your friends itunes oh speaking of we are on facebook now uh the tell me Washed care has a facebook page so go like it if you haven't and um leave bob comments he'll uh once we actually have some comments he'll address some of them at the end of next week's show yeah, and I was going to say, if you're a viewer, it means you got a spy cam in my house, so cut it out. <laughs> so there should not be any viewers yet. I'll work on that later. We'll start a YouTube channel later, but for now, no viewers. But guys, it's been a real pleasure today, and uh, we look forward to talking to you all again on another edition of Tell Me Why I Should Care.